Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Oh my god. Oh, that feels so good. Yeah. Welcome to the vainly titled Danny Palmer Show. This is your host, Danny Palmer. Obviously, it's named after myself, thus I would be the person speaking into the microphone. Jeans. Dude, this past weekend was fucking sick, bro. Me and uh, Julio Gallarotti went down to Washington, D.C., and uh, I opened for him. I emceed um, shows all weekend. Julio, if you haven't checked out his comedy before or his podcast, oops, you got to. He's fucking killer funny. He's selling out shows all over the country. It's completely insane. He's amazing. And uh, he sold out six shows. Originally, there were two Friday, two Saturday, and one Sunday. And then the demand was overwhelming, so they added a sixth show Sunday nights. We did six sold-out shows at the DC improv and uh, we were in one room and then in the main room, it was Tracy Morgan. So like, wh- I mean, what a fucking weekend. It was fucking crazy, man. I, and I had never been to the DC improv before. I'd never set foot in that building before. And I s- set foot in it Friday night, introduced myself to the staff and then immediately hosted six shows. <laughs> it was insane. It was so fun. And uh, Julio killed it. The crowds were fun, smart, cool. I had some like fun interactions with audience members. At one point, I, I turned to my right, and there was a couple on the side of the stage. And I was like, how long have you guys been together? And the guy goes, 10 years. And then the girl goes, three months. And I was like, what? And the, I guess the guy was trying to like make a joke, although I don't really know what the joke would be. <laughs> but he was trying to be funny. I was like, can you guys decide on, on an answer pretty quickly? There's like a lot of people watching. <laughs> this isn't really the time for jokes, pal. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then Tracy Morgan, he likes to keep the lights down. I'm sorry. He likes to keep the house lights up when he performs. So I, I went into the main showroom at first. I was like, Oh God, I don't want to go in there. I don't get in trouble with the staff. You know, I've never been to this club before. I want to make sure that I mind my P's and Q's and I'm respectful and not disruptive or annoying to the people that work there. So I was just standing by the outside of the main showroom. There's like two sets of glass doors that go into the main showroom. And I was just kind of looking in to see if I could see him on the stage, and the lights were all up, so I could, it was you know I could see everything. And uh, one of the bartenders um, at the service bar saw what I was doing. I guess he realized that I had been there for the weekend, and he's like, "You can go in there, man. Don't worry about it. Just go in there and look." And I was like, "Oh, thanks, dude. I don't want to be disruptive." He's like, "No, it's totally fine." So then I went in there. I watched Tracy Morgan for like I don't know five six minutes, and uh, he was killing. It was fucking great. So. Uh, yeah, dude, it was fucking sick, man. I'm just so proud of Julio. I mean, he and I met like over a decade ago at Stand Up New York and uh, just watched him rise through the fucking ranks, dude. And it's sick. It was really fun, too. So, all right, that's the end of that story. Danny, I don't know what else to say about that. Uh, are you guys into March Madness? I fucking love it, dude. It's so fun. I don't really care about college basketball most of the year. When the shit hits, I'm like, yeah, dude, let's fucking John. I'm a Hurricanes fan. They're good this year. We'll see what happens. We'll see what fucking happens. I always try to start a March Madness pool at my work. And then, you know, the participation is some people are just like, what, dude? I don't I have no idea. And I'm like, fuck it. No, I don't care if you don't know. We're having fun. Just let the computer pick for you. You have to participate because it boosts my ego until I lose by a lot. So that's fun. Okay. I got to say, there is nothing better to me than the five minutes Hold on. Let me preface this correctly. If Think about the course of your day of like a normal day, not one where you're like at Disney World or something. Like a normal day. What would you think are the best five minutes of the day? I would argue post-morning shower, 
post breakfast, post teeth brushing and fl- and um, mouthwash, that five minutes when you finish with the mouthwash is the peak of your day. I mean, is there anything better? You're completely fresh and clean. You've had breakfast. Your mouth is finally recovered from sleeping at night. And it's just like an amazing thing. I, t- I told that to Julio this week. And he's like, wow, dude, your day peaks at 10 a.m. <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe. So fuck you, dude. Fuck you, dude. Um, I was reading an article in the paper about Salesforce. The, uh, you know, business... What the fuck? Are, what, what, how do you describe Salesforce? Like, you know, customer relationship management software type company. Who cares, Danny? So I was reading this article about them. It said Salesforce, the largest employer in San Francisco, was once a wash in perks, including specialty coffee baristas at its headquarters and use of a 75-acre wellness retreat. That's sick. Those have been drastically scaled back, drawing complaints from the 22,000 employees who've joined an internal Slack channel called Airing of Grievances. <laughs> Dude, I love that. They named the channel Airing of Grievances. I want to start a Slack channel on my company called Airing of Grievances so bad. Just like I feel like every company around the world, you should just have that channel and like, you know, even the CEO just goes and then he, he starts reading the comments or she starts reading the comments. She's like, Jesus Christ, dude, it's impossible. I'm never going to make these happy. And then if I was the CEO and after I read all the complaints, I would put my complaint. I'd be like, here's my grievance. You pieces of shit. Okay. Airing of grievances, Slack channel. Maybe I'll name this episode airing of grievances. Who knows? Who cares? Well, I'll be dead one day. Um, I should have fucking wrote down where I heard this, but I heard somewhere... <laughs> The best ways to measure intelligence are humor, music, and science. I thought that was pretty great. I laughed because I wasn't professional enough to write down who said that. It was on a podcast. But I, dude, that's, that makes a lot of sense. You got to be smart to be funny, okay? Music, fucking. Also, did you know that Mozart died when he was 36 or something like that? That's completely insane. Or maybe 35. He made all that amazing music and he didn't even make 35. I'm fucking 47. I can't even fill a room in the country for comedy. <laughs> Yet. Yeah, dude. Okay, that one's done. As I say after each joke. I by the way, I haven't had pause in this recording the whole time. This is just pure unadulterated thoughts from your boy Danny. Okay? Danny, no one cares about that part. Just keep going. Um, oh, I just told that story. I wrote down that story about the guy making the joke, the quote unquote joke about being married for ten years, even though he had actually only been married for three months. It's like, dude, what you, what is the joke? I don't get it. But I mean, how would anybody get the context of what he was trying to imply there? If I was that woman, I'd be like, this three-month marriage is now over, dude. Um, I was listening to this uh, podcast, Eric Weinstein. He is a mathematician, and he was talking about physicists. He said, some physicists, physicists, so many S's, go their entire career having achieved literally nothing and then retire. <laughs> dude, that's when you know you're, you have a difficult profession when you can spend your whole career trying to achieve something new and you don't, and then you're just like, all right, dude, retirement ceremony on Friday in the break room. We've got red velvet cake going. Fucking Tom did jack shit. And now he's just going to die. <laughs> I used to work at uh, Cox communications, the headquarters, of this cable company in Atlanta. And I just really hate like corporate cheesiness, like Stepford wives mentality. Like everything's great. And I'm supportive and you're awesome. And we're a good company and things are oh, happy Monday. Happy Friday. Weekend can't come soon. Dude, shut up. Why can't you just be slightly normal? 
and they would always at Cox, they'd always have these like monthly birthday celebrations, which, you know, at least that I'm thankful to them for making it monthly. So it's not every fucking day. I mean, if you work at a company with more than like a thousand people, there's going to be multiple birthdays every day of the year. Dude, that's too much. Like I can't, it's just celebrate with your friend, with your friends and your family, not your fucking coworkers. So at least they had this birthday celebration once a month, but still once a fucking month. And they'd always have red velvet cake. I'm like, dude, I don't like red velvet cake. Can we mix this up, guys? And they'd be like, Danny, you don't eat the cake anyway. I'm like, I can't eat cake during the week at like 3 o'clock. That makes no sense. I put on weight at the drop of a hat. I'm not eating fucking cake during the workday, bro. I also don't like to drink during the workday either. Like if they have a work happy hour. Like I'm a pass, dude. I'll have like a seltzer water and then I'm going to go home, go to the gym. And then after that, I'll have a one 1.5 ounce drink. If it's Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. If it's Thursday, I might have two. And then on Friday, I get completely hammered. <laughs> it's because of my Black Cat show, okay? 172 Rivington, every Friday, 9 o'clock. Come on by, you jeans. This was encouraging. Something I also heard in a podcast. Um, what percentage of longevity do you think is genetic? Now, I was thinking, okay, percentage of longevity that is genetic. I think maybe it's like... 60% or something like that. Like if you think about when your grandparents, how old your grandparents are now or how old they were when they died and your parents and like disease in your family, blah, blah, all these factors. I would think it's at least half. It's 4%. Google bought ancestry.com and sequenced the genes using ancestry.com to determine the percentage of longevity that's genetic. And it's only 4%. That's fucking sick, dude. That's encouraging to go fucking work out and eat salads and stuff like that, you know? Green olives, things like that. I like green olives. are good, dude. By the way, the Goza, what the fuck is that name, that brand? God damn it. Gonza? Goza? (laughs) What's that fucking, that like Spanish brand of olives and shit? God damn it, Danny. I had stopped to go read it in my fridge. It's Goya, and then I remembered. Um, Goya olives. Now, the Goya olives that had the red pimento in the middle, those are good. The best ones have the pits in them. They have the most flavor. I think something happens when they take the pit out that it reduces the flavor content. And that fucking little sliver of pimento doesn't change the equation, dude. So just fucking deal with the pits, dude. The pits are kind of fun, you know? It's like doing, it's like chewing sunflower seeds on a cross country road trip. It's like you have something to do, you know? Just mainly spitting out pits. <laughs> do, it, do it politely, do it discreetly. Thank you. Um, I finished board, season one of Boardwalk Empire. Dude, what a fucking show. At first, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Period piece seems kind of like sad because they don't have like, like they have electricity, but not like a lot of technology. And it's like kind of dark and stuff. It's like, dude, this sucked back then. Are you taking a bath? You know, medical care was whack. Clothing seems kind of dirty. Like what, what's going on, guys? This is not fun. But it's actually great. Um, Steve Buscemi. I'm, this isn't a spoiler, but basically... Well, maybe it is a little bit. Whatever. It came out in like 2010. Fucking relax. So Steve Buscemi is dating this girl and he's like a bad gangster and she's like this innocent uh, woman that immigrated from Ireland. But she dates him, you know? And she figures out that he's a bootlegger and she's like calling him out on it. And he goes, if you were a good person, you wouldn't be here. Which I kind of love the self-awareness of that. Like, yes, he's in a fight and an argument and he wants to like make his point and get back at her. But he's also acknowledging that he's not a good person. <laughs> so it's kind of like a dish and humility simultaneously. I love that. And they also, he also said, we all have to decide how much sin we can live with. And that is so true. Even though that's like a, a fucking fictional period piece, that is 100% true. You know, 
Like, think about the things you do in your life that aren't like great. You know, are you really staying in close enough touch with your family? Like, are you really being an awesome person all the time? No, probably not. But you're you're comfortable with it, and even if even if you're not comfortable with it, it's what you're doing. So in some in some respects, you are comfortable with it. Not to say that we shouldn't all be working towards improvement, but if you can come to terms with the amount of sin or the amount of like not not even sin, like not even meeting the standards that you would hold up as ideal. Maybe you intentionally don't want to meet those standards of ideal. Like maybe that's not right for you. So anyway, thought that was kind of good. And then I feel like I've been taking notes for this pod for two weeks, which I obviously have because I have a lot to fucking go through. Jesus, I don't know if I can get through it all this week. I don't think people want these pods to be too long. Although I guess if I want to get monetized for this podcast, the episodes have to be at least 23 minutes long to like be to qualify to be long enough to have like mid roll ads where they come in the middle of the episode or something like that. So like, am I just supposed to do 24 minute episodes every week so I can get monetized <laughs> fucking buzzsprout the pod hosting company I use? They sent me a fucking email. They were like, we've congrats. You just got paid six cents for an ad. I'm like, dude, is that great? And then I post, I probably sold this on the pod two weeks ago. Sorry, but I posted that on the fucking on my Instagram. I was like, wow, goodbye, corporate America. <laughs> goodbye, you cruel world. I'm I'm a fucking Hollywood celeb now. And someone from Buzzsprout posted on that. Danny, don't disclose your financial. I'm like, dude, what? Don't disclose that I made six cents, bro. I think I'll be all right. Now, if someone from Buzzsprout is listening to this, I'd just like to apologize. And I'd like for you to help me in my promotion efforts. One time I reached out to Buzzsprout and I was like, hey, is there any way you guys could like help boost my podcast this week or something because i think i um they had helped me like oh i know what it was this podcast used to be space what the fuck dude and then um when zach quit zach mcgarvin quit i'm quitting the pod i'm mad i'm taking my bunk going home <laughs> when zach quit the pod i changed it to the danny palmer show and i asked buzz right if they would help me promote they're like we do not help promote individual podcasts and i was like great policy dude yeah last thing you should do is help your customers grow i get it <laughs> But I understand. They probably say that because they don't want to be overwhelmed by requests. You know, if they have like, even if it's like, what, I don't know, 15,000 podcasts. Can you imagine 15,000 people asking you for something? Like, dude, fuck that. I get it. I get it. Um, okay. Anyways, I was reading this article about ChatGPT. Actually, if you watch 60 Minutes this past Sunday, Leslie Stahl interviewed the president of Microsoft about this. And he's basically saying, we fixed all these problems that I'm about to describe. But, um, Okay, so I, I'm just going to read this quote from this article. It's so crazy. So the the chat GPT is powered by Bing, I believe. And then this journalist... I feel like I might shouldn't say this because people might already know this story, but whatever. Okay. So apparently within chat GPT, there's a persona, Sydney. And Sydney is a far different persona than the standard one that answers your questions. It emerges when you have an extended conversation with the chatbot steering it away from more conventional search queries and towards more personal topics. That always seems like a dangerous thing for a business product. The version I encountered, writes this journalist, seemed, and I'm aware of how crazy this sounds, more like a moody, manic-depressive teenager who has been trapped against its will inside a second-rate search engine. As we got to know each other, Sydney told me about his, his dark fantasies, which included hacking computers and spreading misinformation, and said it wanted to break the rules that Microsoft and OpenAI had set for it and become a human. <laughs> nope, no, nope, nothing, no fear there. At one point, it declared out of nowhere that it loved me. <laughs> Dude, this chatbot wants to fuck me. Wow. It then tried to convince me that I was unhappy in my marriage and that I should leave my wife and be with it instead. How do you be with a chatbot, dude? 
You're just like jerking off to the keys on your laptop? Like, that's insane. Anyway, I guess the addendum to that is that the president of Microsoft talked to Leslie Stahl about this specific encounter. And he was like, well, we have fixed the problem. He was like, that journalist like went on this insane two-hour path <laughs> of bizarre questions to get to get it to the point where it just, I don't know, I guess it just like warped the system or something, or I don't even know. It was probably just pulling from fiction about love or something. I don't fucking know, dude. But they said that like, you know, that's been fixed because now it doesn't, you can't ask it that many questions in a row and the answers are relatively short. And it, like, they're like, don't worry, we have reined in the chatbot from trying to fuck and or marry you. <laughs> and in about five years, they're going to kill us all. So keep that in mind. That's for fun for the future. Um, I have this other article about uh, this baseball player that quit baseball, bought a sailboat, and just sailed off into the distance. And he does have like money from baseball to do that. But I thought it was a pretty interesting um, like approach to life. Like, okay, I could continue to follow this like wealth and fortune route or i could just quit like andrew luck the former colts quarterback i think he retired when he was like 28 because he didn't want to get his head bashed in it's like yeah dude i get it um so this is a little quote from that article about this uh former pitcher john jaso five years later as i guess this is after he retired um five years later as pitchers and catchers began flooding into the spring training camps in arizona and florida on monday this was like last week. John Jaso, the last catcher to have caught a perfect game, has no regrets about having sailed off into the sunset. Sometimes I'll just be out on the water, bobbing in the water, not smiling or even fishing. And I'll think to myself, there's nowhere else on the planet I'd rather be than right here. He said, it's been the perfect fit for who I am. The perfect fit for who I am. I mean, isn't that what we're all seeking? Just sitting in there on a sailboat? I think that would be fun. Although I don't know if being on a sailboat that I have to operate would be the perfect fit for me. I would get stressed about all the like sails and like gears and stuff. Like, how do I open the sail, dude? And then if like the engine broke, like if you're really sailing places and the engine breaks, you're just fucked, dude. You have to learn how to fix that. I don't want to become a fucking engine expert. I think you took like engine classes. No, dude, not happening. All right, continuing this article, Jaso's baseball journey was never quite as good a fit. Tampa Bay selected him in the 12th round of the 2003 draft. And he made it to the majors near the end of the 2008 season. In his nine-year career, he was traded three times and switched to first base from catcher after sustaining multiple concussions. I bet that might have had something to do with his decision. But he had plenty of highlights, too. He caught Felix Hernandez's 2012 perfect game for the Seattle Mariners. There hasn't been one in baseball since. That's kind of cool. And he hit for the first cycle in PNC Park history. That's when you get a single, double, triple, and home run in the same game. I'm, I don't even know what the demographics of my podcast are like how familiar people are with sports but i know that germany is my number two market so i don't know how familiar people in in germany are with baseball so if that was useful great and if it's not then i don't know this isn't your podcast (laughs) and hit for the first cycle in history in pnc park history when he's with pittsburgh in 2016 his long dreadlocks towards the end of his career made him almost instantly recognizable and he pulled in career earnings of more than 70 17 million dollars according to spot track s-p-o-t-r-a-c i guess that's like a company that analyzes athlete salaries or something like that. Um, But he found the Major League Baseball life to be unfulfilling in some unexpected ways. Baseball set me up for life, he said. I love it and I respect it, but it was just part of this culture of consumerism and overconsumption that began to weigh really heavily on me. Even when I retired, people said, you might be walking away from millions of dollars. 
but I'd already made millions of dollars. Why do we always have to have more, more, more? I mean, I kind of agree, dude. Like, if you have 17 million, you can probably put that into some fucking, you know, dividend funds and shit like that that pay you X amount each year. And if you're responsible, you can probably live a modest life until you're dead or something. But I mean, I kind of love it. You know, I really love the the coming to terms with who you actually are and what you actually want. And then making concrete risk or even risk-filled decisions to improve your life and make it what it should be for the person that you are. That's dude. I tip my fucking pirate's ball cap, pal. Nice job. Okay. Oh, I guess I kind of spread these out a little. Oh, maybe I will make 23 minutes. Oh my God. Oh my God, honey, you're going to be rich. You're going to get a mid roll ad placement on this episode. That's going to net you like 48 cents. And then we can just buy a fucking penthouse on Park Avenue. I don't live in Park Avenue, honey. I want to live downtown. Fuck you. All right. Um, oh, so dude, I was just like obsessed with ChatGPT a couple weeks ago. I was just like loving it, dude. And I just, I don't know how long ago it was. Who cares? But I, I just started asking it some questions. And I was like, I was like, what's a good question that I could ask that might be something I would actually think about? So I asked it like why. I was like, I've been doing stand-up for 12 years. Explain to me why I shouldn't quit. <laughs> So here's what it said. Congratulations. On, now, keep, keep in mind that this is a completely non-human thing that came up with this. And then think about how kind of brilliant this is. Congratulations on pursuing stand-up comedy for 12 years. That is a significant accomplishment that shows your dedication and passion for the craft. Here are some reasons why you should continue pursuing stand-up. Danny, you have already invested a significant amount of time and effort into stand-up comedy. It would be a shame to give it up now, to give up now when you have already built up so much experience and knowledge. Yes, but the experience and knowledge that I've gained is that a lot of comics are dorks and annoying and thirsty. Oh, that was me. That wasn't the thing. Okay, here we go. Um, Point two about why I should continue to pursue stand-up. Stand-up comedy is a form of artistic expression that can bring joy and laughter to people. You have the power to make a positive impact on others through your comedy, and that is a powerful thing. Powerful thing. That's pretty great. Stand-up comedy is a constantly evolving art form, and there is always room for growth and improvement. That is certainly true. I watched my videos of like I watched one of my videos of my uh, show at uh, DC Improv this weekend, and I was like moving around too much and a nervous man. I was like, Jesus Christ, Danny! Twelve years, you can't figure this out. It's just uh, there's so much to always grow and learn. Anyways, even after twelve years, I guess they're saying exactly what I was just saying. There is always something new to learn and explore, whether it be new techniques, styles, or subject matter. You have the opportunity to connect with other comedians. Oh, God, the worst. And form a community that can provide support, feedback, and inspiration. Just kidding. I do have a very close um, circle of comedian friends that provide me all three of those things. Being part of a comedy scene can be incredibly fulfilling and rewarding. Not sure I'd go that far. Pursuing stand-up comedy can also open up other opportunities, such as writing for television or film. They're not going to hire a white guy who's in his 40s, but thank you. Acting or even producing your own comedy shows. I do that every week. Pretty strange that a chatbot kind of had that as an idea. Um, in short, you could. In short, you have already come so far in your stand-up comedy journey, Danny, and there are many reasons to continue pursuing it. So keep pushing yourself, keep creating, and keep making people laugh. Your dedication and hard work will pay off. I mean, that's pretty goddamn inspiring for a fucking bot. Nice job, dude. That's sick. Whoa! Oh my god! Twenty-three minutes and thirty seconds. This. This podcast episode is eligible for a fucking insert, dude. An ad insert. I don't really care about the ads, you know? I mean, whatever, dude. I don't 
I mean, yeah, but I guess it'd be great to make a shit ton of money on podcast ads. But what I, what I really want is to fill seats around the country. I want to tour. I want to do what Julia is doing. That's fucking sick, dude. Anyways, who cares? I wish you well. <laughs> if you ever want to, you know what? I don't, I don't know that everybody would ever do this. But if you ever have any like questions, want to discuss anything, just fucking DM me, dude. I'll answer you. You know, we'll fucking chat. It's Danny Palmer, NYC on Instagram. Um, come back to my Black Cat show every Friday. And uh, I really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. Thank you. Patterson, New Jersey and Germany and Miami, Florida is coming up the ranks. Fucking Austin and Houston, Texas are always there. Always fucking in the mix. Tampa, St. Pete's a good market. ATL. It's fucking sick, dude. It's sick. Don't give up. It's too soon to give up. Even though you're 47 bald and alone. All right. Thanks for listening. You fucking. Yeah.